Good morning, people of God. Oh, what a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen. Amen. We are so blessed to have you all here, both in person and for those of you joining us online. If we've not yet met, my name is Pastor Dave Parker, and uh, what a blessing that we get to give praise to our God today. Amen. Amen. Uh, for those of you joining us online, we will be having Holy Communion after our time of confession. So I invite you to grab some bread and some wine or juice and uh, just be ready for when that time comes. A couple quick announcements. First off, uh, your yellow slips as you walked in today. Please be sure, even if you've been here a, a million times, we invite you to fill them out. Uh, if we have all your current information, just put your names on there and put those in the uh, offering baskets as they come around later. If... Uh, you know, you would like to receive our constant contact emails, our weekly announcements, put your email address on there and make sure we have that up to date and we will include you as well. Uh, today we are going to be blessing the 150 bags that we assembled last week after worship, the, uh, the blessing bags for the homeless. Uh, and so in them... In each of these is a mylar blanket, a fleece blanket, a hat, gloves, socks, snacks, hand warmers, uh, a devotional, a list of resources, of places they can call for help, and, uh, and a note of encouragement from our King of Kings youth. So uh, we're going to bless those. And what I'm going to have you do after the time of communion, uh, you're going to come forward to have communion. I'm going to invite you to grab one bag per family and bring that back to your seat with you, and then we'll have that blessing after communion today. And then you take it home, and you put it in your back seat, and as you're driving around, as you come across someone who looks like they could use some of those gifts, some of those blessings, uh, you can go up and share that with them. How fun is that? So uh, what a great way to bless others. Uh, our youth group, appropriately named Chaos. We'll be taking orders for sub-sandwiches for the Super Bowl for the next three Sundays after uh, each service. So uh, please consider supporting our youth group by ordering subs, even if you're not throwing or going to a big party. Uh, any profit will be split between both youth events and uh, Living Waters Camping Ministries. So it's all for a good cause. And again, that's that table with the um, football field as a, uh, a table cover cloth thing. Yes. My brain is still trying to function. We had a, uh, a lock-in on Friday night, and uh, I was the only one who didn't sleep at all. And I wish I could say I got enough sleep since then. So this will be fun. All right. Uh, and finally, uh, I invite Kathy Ming to come forward and share a uh, temple talk for an opportunity that has come up in our synod. Good morning. Um, many of you may be already aware that the Southeast Michigan ELCA Synod recently welcomed a Spanish-speaking family, a family with three daughters, um, dad and mom, and they came from Venezuela by way of Texas to us. And um, when they arrived on January 7th, um, the Synod had set up, along with some people in our congregation, helped set up housing for them at Love Rising Church down in Detroit. Um, and they're staying there temporarily until housing can be found. But there are still lots of needs that this family has. And so this is kind of a pop-up opportunity um, that 
was passed on to God's work, our hands, to share with you. There are three things that you could do to help this family. Number one is that you can um, send money to the Synod to purchase food, their their daily necessities, and so on. So that's one. And there's a website. I'm going to have... Um, sheets out there that you can pick up so you can get that information. There's also a target wish list for additional housing needs, um, sheets, towels, you know, things that they need for, for living. And then the last one is kind of a fun one, I think. Coordinate a fun activity for the family to get to know the area. Um, and there's an address, uh, email address to get a hold of the pastor that's sponsoring this and can plan maybe take them to the zoo, to the, to a museum, but, um, or on a tour of Detroit or whatever so that they become comfortable with this area. So, um, once again, our congregation is very, very generous, and this came up, and so we're sharing it with you, and we appreciate anything you can do to help. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. With all that said, I invite you to stand as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by grace alone you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones... Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are rolling right along, jumping back into the book of Mark this morning with uh, a message for each and every single one of us, one that we need to hear. We've gone from Jesus' baptism to people starting to follow Jesus because of what John was talking about him, to now Jesus taking matters into his own hands. And now he's on a mission. And here's where we pick up from the book of Mark, chapter 1, starting in verse 14. I invite you to follow along on the screen. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Short and sweet today. Now we've got some background that we want to uh, fill in before we get too far. So first let's begin with where all of this is taking place. So Mark tells us that Jesus is walking around by the, the, the 
the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. The book of Matthew actually tells us where Jesus begins his ministries, and that is outside of the city of Capernaum. Now, by show of hands out there, how many of you, if I were to show you a map of the Middle East, you could point to where Capernaum is? Yeah, of course not, right? I think maybe only my father-in-law, who has been a pastor for 40 years and like a hi- historical like genius as far as where things are, might know that answer. And the reality is, it's okay that we can't sit and point to it on a map, because I would guess that uh, not many back in t- Jesus' time would be able to do that as well. Because Capernaum uh, was a town of about a thousand people, which is a pretty small town. Maybe you've driven through towns that only have a couple hundred, eight hundred people, right? Before you blink, it's gone. Maybe, maybe there's a stop sign in that town, but not much more than that. I grew up in a town like that. There were, I think, less than 800 in the city of Sartell, and we literally had one stop sign, one gas station with, uh, you know, were a place where you could also get bait because we lived on the Mississippi River. That's about it, and a grocery store. So it's a small town sitting on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, populated mostly by fishermen and farmers. It wasn't the center of power or commerce or influence or pretty much anything. And it's not just that Jesus chooses some first century backwater town in the middle of nowhere from which to start his mission. It's also that this is where Jesus goes to continue putting together quite an odd assortment of characters to help him do it. I mean, if you were going to revolutionize the world, you'd begin by choosing some people who are, I don't know, skilled organizers, or super charismatic, or well-liked, or maybe those who are placed in high circles of power and prestige, right? I mean, that's where we would start. You'd go right to the Billy Grahams. But instead, Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, chooses two sets of fishermen, guys who likely hadn't been more than a couple miles from their home, probably flunked school, and which is why they're working for their dads, and they don't have two shekels to rub together. Of course, makes perfect sense to no one, right? And it's not just that he's chosen some place that no one's heard of to start his mission and then surrounded him by, by followers of, of, that nobody would look twice at. He then makes his inaugural speech. And you'd expect the Son of God to have a pretty awesome speech, right? Wrong. <laughs> I mean, actually, it's kind of foolish. I mean, seriously, they weren't even his own words. It wasn't a, I have a dream, or four score and seven years ago. It was, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Now, I realize that's kind of short and sweet, right? But here's the kicker. They're not even his own words. He borrowed them, which makes him even more foolish. He's plagiarizing here. Because before his time, before he shows up on the scene, you've got John the Baptist, and he's wandering through the wilderness saying those exact same words, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. And maybe that's what Jesus was going for, to pick up where John had left off. But did you notice how our reading started for this morning? In verse 14, now after John was arrested. Okay, so John got thrown in jail. And guess why? 
Because he was preaching and teaching, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. And it really upset some people. This is where Jesus picks up with the same message that lands his predecessor in prison. And not only that, later in the book, we find out that he gets beheaded for it. John does. So not only get thrown in jail, but he loses his life all by starting with that same very message, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. This is where Jesus continues his ministry. He, he kind of starts with this. Today, Jesus begins his mission to bring in the kingdom of God and to do so, he chooses a tiny town of no account from which to launch his campaign, strike one. Surrounds himself with a team of likely uh, nobodies, right? Strike two. And then leads off with a message from the guy who just got killed. Strike three, he's out, right? How can you start like that? But it got me thinking, how many of us think Jesus was a fool? Anybody? I'm not raising my hand. (laughs) So if he's not a fool then that means this was all on purpose. This was intentional. Maybe even to make a point. And here's what I think it is. I think he's continuing his father's work. If you were to read the Old Testament, you would find time and time again that God makes a point of using little and insignificant things to do amazing things. To use less to do more to do things that only God could do to prove that God can do anything. And that's what I see here. Jesus was making the point that in calling ordinary people right in the middle of their ordinary lives, he can do extraordinary things. And what's more, as I think he still does today, you who are listening in this very moment, you are the next installment of today's reading. It didn't stop 2,000 years ago. You now are part of this story. Just like those first disciples, today Jesus is calling you. He's calling you out, calling you to, to pick up and continue his mission. He insists on choosing regular, ordinary people like you and like me, making a living doing what we've been taught to do. Living in a regular, ordinary place, to do extraordinary things. I mean, Shelby Township might as well be Capernaum. If you go to Minnesota and you say, hey, show me where Shelby Township is, they all go, uh, just as you would if I told you to pick out where my hometown is. We would have no clue. And today Jesus says to you, follow me. We've got some work to do. And this is where we start thinking, right? We start thinking this, uh, this little trap that we fall into where it's easy to picture those who follow Jesus and do extraordinary things must be extraordinary people. Don't we think like that? I mean, the list of names that enter into our minds of, of people that we think that did extraordinary things, those are some big names. People maybe like uh, Mother Teresa, Right? Or we think of people like uh, Pope Francis or Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King Jr. or even Martin Luther himself. We think of those names. If we're going to do something extraordinary, we have to be like them. 
And while it's true these people are amazing and they gave so much to live out their callings, the trap is that we think we have to be like them for God to use us to do extraordinary things. I do the same thing to myself almost every day. Thinking that I need to be exactly like the amazing pastors that I have looked up to my whole life. And it's like, oh, I'm so not them. Maybe I shouldn't even be a pastor. Or we get to thinking of our our moms and dads or our friends' moms and dads. And if we're thinking, oh, they are so much a better parent than I ever could be. Or that we need to be like, like Bill Gates in order to be considered to be successful, right? We think those things. And if we start to think that, well, I'm just not one of those, what difference can I make? Then we have forgotten how Jesus works. We have forgotten his first walk along the sea outside of a little town of Nowheresville calling ordinary people, working their everyday job, and him saying to them, I want you. Just as you are, now come follow me and let's change the world. That's what he does today. They were just fishermen. Today the Bible makes it very clear. Jesus you calls ordinary people in the middle of their ordinary lives to do extraordinary things. They changed the world. And what may make this a bit easier for us to grasp is just to revisit what it is that Jesus calls these first disciples to do. Notice he doesn't expect them to do, um, uh, like to be amazing writers or, or to give inspirational speeches or to do anything at all. Anything other than exactly who they already are. He says, I want you to be fishermen. I want you to do what you do. I don't want you to be anybody else. I want you to be you, and I need you. I'm going to take all that you have learned as a fisherman, and now we're going to change what we're fishing for. Which I think is awesome. Jesus says, let's go fishing, but now let's fish for people. And how do you fish for people? The same way you fish for fish. How many of you have gone fishing before? Raise your hands. Okay. What do you use to go fishing? Bait. What kind of bait do you use? Worms. Tackle. What is that? Yes, local bait. Yep. Uh, We use corn growing up for, for sunnies. They eat corn, right? It doesn't matter. You use something that the fish need. They need food. You use food. Jesus says... It's the same thing. Now I'm going to teach you to fish for people. What do people need? They need food. They need shelter. They need hope. They need love. They need acceptance. They need forgiveness. And Jesus says, use those things. For Lutherans, you might use a potluck, right? Or a chili cook-off. Little did you know, a potluck is just bait, right? And once you have their attention, you start to reel them in, you start to draw those nets in, and you bring them closer to you, and more importantly, closer to God. That's what fishing is all about. 
That's what's going on here. Jesus calls these first disciples into relationship with himself and with each other and with all the various people that they're going to come across in their life to come. And today, Jesus now issues that very same call to you. To be in genuine and real relationships with him and with the people around you and for you to use some bait. To use what you are already good at. You all have your gifts. God has made you unique in your own way to do what you do. And today Jesus says, I need you to do what you do, but now for people. I need you to bear each other's burdens, care for one another, especially the vulnerable. I need you to hold on to each other through thick and thin, always with the hope and promise that God's abundant mercy and grace is right around the corner. Now I know you all can do that. That is revolutionary. That can change the world. Sometimes that call, that, that call to be in relationship with others will take you far from home. These disciples... Okay, being fishermen, they didn't travel around. They had to earn a living, which meant they probably went to those same boats every day, except on the Sabbath, on their Sunday. Sometimes your calling might land you exactly where you are for the rest of your life. Who knows? But you have a calling. Not just the the Mary Magdalene's and the Billy Graham's and the Nelson Mandela's. But you do today as well. Because Jesus calls ordinary people right in the middle of their ordinary lives to do extraordinary things. Because when Jesus is around, ordinary things don't stay ordinary. You ever notice that? That's what I love about how we do sacraments, how we do the special things in church. When you come up for communion, okay, that bread, it's a pita from Walmart. Okay, not very special bread, I'm sorry. It's not baked in a holy oven or blessed by a pope. That wine or juice that you come forward to, that's white grape juice or uh, uh, Mogan David wine. You can get that at any liquor store around here. Any gas station has Mogan David, right? It's nothing special. The water that we use to baptize with, that we invite people to be a part of God's family with, that's from the tap, Right? You can't get more ordinary than basic bread, basic juice, and basic water, but because Jesus gets involved, it becomes extraordinary stuff. That's how our God works. So you may look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, I'm kind of ordinary, I'm kind of basic, I'm, I'm kind of normal, or, or maybe you're thinking you're not normal, or whatever. But, but it, regardless... God takes a look at you and says, you're exactly what I need today. And through you, I'm going to do something extraordinary. Something extra special. I'm going to change somebody's world through you today. And it can be simple things. Like going to your child's concert or sporting event and and them seeing you and knowing that they are loved. Like changing a dirty diaper And that baby starting to understand that you care and provide for them, even if it's not a conscious thought. Like refusing to be a bystander when someone's being hurt or bullied. Like someone who gives another person a second chance. That's life-changing stuff. 
These may seem like ordinary things, but then Jesus shows up and finds a way to make them extraordinary. And the same Jesus who says to you and I today, hey, even if you think you're nothing special, you're special to me. And just wait to see what I have in store for you today. Follow me and let's go fishing. Ordinary people, ordinary lives, extraordinary things. That's you. That's me. And that's how Jesus works. This week, may you see the ordinary things in your life as opportunities for the extraordinary to be born. May you look at your relationships, and even though we we take so many for granted, may you see them in a new way today, that the extraordinary is just waiting to be born in them. May you look in the mirror and dare to see someone that God can use to change the world. All those people that we idolize, they bleed the same. They all started the same way we do. And God just uses us all in different ways. May you come to believe that even through you, God can and will change the world. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for the gift of today. We thank you for this message, this story of how Jesus began his ministry in the middle of nowhere with uh, a, a number of, of people that seem very ordinary and, and, and not special. And yet, at the same time, you used them to bring your love and light into this world. Lord, let us hear the message today that this is also for us that you have uh, uh, welcomed us, that you have called us and loved us and accepted us and given us a mission too to continue bringing the kingdom near to this world. Use us to bring hope and love and acceptance and forgiveness and, and grace and mercy and all those promises that you give to us. Use us to bring those to others so that they too can understand how awesome you truly are. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Uh, at this moment, we uh, respond to the many gifts and blessings we've been given through the receiving of our offering. As well, the, the band will be sharing their offering too. And I also wanted to share one more thing. So we had a lock-in on Friday, and uh, our devotion at midnight whew, was uh, to have the kids share uh, their the parts that they struggled with over 2023 and the parts that they were looking forward to in 2024. Uh, because new beginnings are always good to have hope and, and, you know, like planning for things like that. And I invited them to write them all down on little sticky notes. And, uh, we kind of covered our front altar. That was their offering Friday night, uh, to offer their most difficult times as well as their hopes and dreams for this coming year. So that's what's going on there behind me. That's, that's their offering this morning as well. We continue with our song. I invite you to stand as you are able. We now pray for God's blessings on the church, the world, and for all of creation. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, merciful God, I invite you to respond with, receive our prayer. Let us pray. God, our rock and deliverance, do not let your church be shaken. 
We trust you to never abandon your promises to the most vulnerable among us. Give your church wisdom and empathy in all its varied ministries. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God, our hope and refuge, you place the fish in the sea. Guide our care of oceans and all the creatures that live in them. Help us, account- help us be accountable for actions that endanger water sources and the people who depend on them. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who proclaims judgment and offers mercy, be a model to the leaders of our nation and of the world. As they lead, may they follow in your way of justice and truth. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who cares for the suffering, care for survivors of assault and sexual abuse and sustain all who minister to them. Keep safe any who live under the threat of violence, those living in poverty, and any among us who are ill or in pain or in need of your healing presence, especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. Jane, Lisa, Jack. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and to confess those times when we failed to live as God calls and invites us to live. And we do so using these words together. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, for those of you at home, I invite you to take out your bread and wine and uh, prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you 
and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. At this time, I invite the deacons to come forward. Soon the ushers will come down the aisles and invite you to come forward to receive communion. You'll come to the first person who will have uh, the, the bread, the body of Christ. We invite you to eat that and then continue to the next person where you will get to choose between either yellow grape juice or red wine. And after you consume both, we invite you to continue walking around the outside where you'll find a basket for a communion cup. On your way... You'll see these little black bags, our blessing bags for the homeless. I want you to grab one per family and bring them back to your seat with you. And we'll do a blessing for them in just a bit. Uh, We also have gluten-free wafers for those of you with gluten intolerance or just prefer those. Uh, Just let the deacon know and I will come running. If there's any children who want to come forward but haven't received Holy uh, Communion instruction yet, they can more than welcome to come forward and receive a blessing. We'd love to do that as well. Uh, And now for those of you either at home or communing from your seats, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you. Amen. For the rest of us, come, for all is ready. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. So I invite you now to take out your blessing bags. And for, uh, for your family or for those around you, uh, to lay your hands on each of the bags as we extend a blessing over them today. Lord Heavenly Father, use us and use the contents of these bags to share your love this week. Let these items be a blessing and a reminder not only of your presence in this world, but also as a promise that you provide for us all, especially those in greatest need. May the contents bring warmth and comfort. Thank you for the ways you have given us so much so that we can focus on sharing with others. And remind us that each and every day that you choose to work your miracles and make your love known through us that you use ordinary things, ordinary people in ordinary places doing ordinary stuff to do extraordinary in this world. We ask all of this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Now again, take this with you, put this in your back seat, have it somewhere available, use them. And if you use it, Our hope is to continue to have some available so that you can get another one and share it again because there's far too many people who are experiencing the cold of this time of year in a much worse way. With all that, finally may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able as we join our voices in our sending song. Amen. With that, people of God, go Lions, and go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.